Anna here. Did you know I have another podcast? And did you know it's all about failure? Well, at this point, you'd have to answer yes to both of those questions because I just told you. But my other show isn't just about failure. It's about failing your way to success. Yes, success. Because the most successful people are often just the people who've gotten up the most times after their failures. Don't believe me? Go download Fail Your Way to Success wherever you get your podcasts or go to failyourway.com for more info. Now back to the show. There are people who launch books end up just having a nice thing to put on their shelves. Then there are people who launch books that transform their careers and their lives. As a former member of the first group, I strongly urge you to be part of the second. In this show, I talk to entrepreneurs and authors about how to intentionally launch the book that will serve as the best business card and marketing tool you've ever had. Get ready for takeoff. Hello there, publishing peeps. How are you? I'm so glad you listen on the show. If you're new, God, my God, welcome. I'm changing the name again. I don't know, whatever. If you've been around a while, you're used to it. You roll with the punches. You know, I'm a Gemini. This, this happens, but whatever happens, I've still got you. I'm still here talking to the world's greatest experts, entrepreneurs, best-selling authors about how to do a book that will actually not leave you broke. Yeah. Uh, today I have the, this delightful woman on the show. Um, she really practices what she preaches. This is an episode that's all about how to, how to launch a book by giving first. I think a lot of people go into book launches. Uh, I'm raising my hand. You can't see me, but I am, I am raising my hand. We go in and we think, well, okay, who can help us? Well, I know this person. I, I know, Ooh, maybe they could send a newsletter, you know, maybe they would post about it. And we forget that it never, first of all, it doesn't feel good to ask and ask and ask, but it just doesn't work well. So Kay Allison, my delightful guest today, it talks all about how to launch a book by giving first. How do you do that? Um, she's launching her exquisite book, Juicy AF. She's also alcohol-free, so we about the same amount of time as me, so we bonded about that. But she talks about um, just little uh, touches uh, about how the, the and, and they're great actual promotional ideas. I'm going to steal at least half of them. Um, the book, the show is brought to you by book elevator pitch. You know that you go to go to, if you don't know that, go to bookelevatorpitch.com to find out why, what, all the things, how, um, if you want the show notes, go to legacylaunchpadpub.com slash book book. Jesus Christ. I haven't had coffee. Let me just try that line again. Take two legacylaunchpadpub.com slash blog slash Hey, and now I give you the exquisite, hey, Allison. Hello, my love. How are you? I'm so happy to see your beautiful face. Do I like you so much because you also have two first names? I don't know. I don't know, but uh, people do get them confused. Yes. And the story is I took my middle name as my last name when I got divorced. Oh, you're one of those. I like it when people do that. Um, Yeah. I, yeah, I like it. I, if I had this, sorry, we're already going into me, me, me. If I hadn't started my writing career before this occurred to me, I would have taken my last name off and been Anna Benjamin. 
Oh, very cool. Would have been very cool. Doesn't matter. Let's talk about, okay, you, your gloriousness, your book. First, let's talk of what's your book about? So my book is called Juicy AF, where the AF also means alcohol free. Yeah. It is a guide for uh, insecure, overachieving women who feel like they drink too much. Uh, to allow them to break that habit and really live in a way where their light is so shining brightly. And tell me, why did you write this book? What does it have to do with your life? (laughs) Oh, my life. Your life. Talk about that. So I um, went alcohol-free in August of 1999. So several lifetimes ago. And early in that process, I walked into a recovery meeting, Anna, and there was this gorgeous woman sitting at the front of the room. She was impeccably groomed, beautifully dressed, wildly articulate, mesmerizing. And she was telling this story and she said, you know, I knew I had to stop drinking when was in my living room. It was 3 a.m. I was there with my husband and my boyfriend, and the police. And I thought it was perfectly normal. And she throws back this glorious mane of red curls and laughed. And I was gobsmacked. I had this visceral sense of shock because at that time, I was buried under layers of shame and remorse and denial and embarrassment. And then the wallpaper in front of that said, Nothing to see here. Pass right along. Right. And what she represented to me, what shocked me was her freedom from all of that. Yeah. Her matter of factness about where she'd been and the sparkling sense of alivement, aliveness and joy. And not only did I want to be her, But I now today, 23 plus years later, I want to be that beacon of hope and light and amusement and joy and freedom for other women. So why now? Why did you uh, wait 20 years to write the book? Oh, you had a lot of things to do first. Yes. Um, I had a lot, a lot, a lot of things to do first. I became, uh, I took all that energy that I'd been draining by pretending everything was fine and trying to get back up to normal every day and launched a series of companies within the first five years of being alcohol free. I increased my income by a multiple of six, which is mind blowing. I mean, I had been a senior vice president of a global ad agency, so I wasn't doing badly. So I increased my income. I met this hunky younger guy and ended up marrying him. And I'm still nuts about him 20 whatever years later. Uh, We adopted a little girl from China. Uh, We moved to Boulder from Chicago to Boulder, Colorado. I started a snack food company. I've traveled around the world. And so I had all these really cool things to do. I've become trained as a clairvoyant. I um, am trained as an executive coach. I'm actually a minister, but I'm a minister that says the F word like a lot, a lot. Oh my God, that's why you bonded with Nadia so much. That's exactly why I I like Nadia so much. 
so I had a lot of stuff to do. So and what actually makes it so there was so much more to pack into your book than a lot of people who kind of get sober or whatever, and then write a book five minutes later, like you have a whole lifetime to pack into it. I see some of these women that have started programs for other women and they're like, and I have two years sober. I'm like, oh, wow. I was out of my mind. I was out of my mind for almost 20 years. (laughs) Got out that. It it really does take at least five, 10 years for your brain to rewire and to be comfortable in your own skin. Like it takes a while. So I love this idea since one of the tenets we learn in, in recovery is about being of service and how you've approached service as a way to actually promote your book. Can you tell me about that? I am a huge believer in giving first. It, you know, on a spiritual level, it feels like it, uh, it jumpstarts that flow of love and respect and camaraderie and amusement and connection. If I'm making the first gesture and showing up for somebody and giving first, it just starts the river flowing. Yeah. And so on a spiritual level, that's the way it feels to me on a, on a promotional level, the law of reciprocity is a thing. Right. You invite somebody over to your house that, for dinner, and if they don't respond, you kind of think, what's wrong with them? There's a certain social contract that we have when somebody gives something to us, we want to be helpful to them in return. And so this idea of reciprocity and giving first sets up this reciprocity that that works for both people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's sort of like the, you know, did you ever read Robert Cialdini's influence? Um, Yes. I have it on my bookshelf. (laughs) Yeah. And he talks about how the Moonies, which like, you got to be like, if you're a kid, you don't know what they are, but they would go around airports and hand out flowers. And it showed that even the people who threw the flowers away were more likely to give but you do it with such, I, I've been the recipient of your generosity and largesse. So you do it I, spiritually first and it just, it just sort of boomerangs back. Can you, what if somebody hears this and wants to know how to do that? What would you recommend? Well, it's a combination of two spiritual principles. One is curiosity and the other is service. And I, I, I mean, Anna, I remember being like, five years old and standing in my bedroom and wishing I could wake up inside my sister Jan's skin so I could see the world through her eyes because we see the world so profoundly differently. And I was so mystified by it. So I've had this Mm -hmm. sense of curiosity my entire life. Mm -hmm. And my first entrepreneurial career, I was a market researcher. I interviewed people all over the world about how they lived and how their actions actually made sense to them. Mm. Because people do things we look at and we're like, what? But that action to that person seems perfectly normal and it makes total sense. And so what my stance is always, 
wow, that is, that seems really weird to me and really effed up to me. I wonder how that makes sense to them mm. rather than making them wrong. Anyway, so in this, what I get really curious about is pretty simply what's working for this person, what isn't working for this person, and what would be their big, I call it the big hope. Mm-hmm. Like in their world, what does success look like? Mm-hmm. What does satisfaction look like? What does a sense of all is well in the world, what does that look like? And if I can get the bookend of here's what's not working, here's what's dissatisfying to me, and here's what my big hope is, then I can see a way between those two places where perhaps I can be useful and I can be helpful. And there are times, Anna, where I look at those two things and I'm like, yeah, nope, I'm not, I'm not your girl. Right. So, so is it, could somebody go, well, I mean, I I really would love this, this is a writer or this is a thought leader in my field who I'd really like to get to know, should they like be examining their social media or how should they be trying to figure out how they can help? Oh my God, Anna, I do that all the time. Like when I'm, oh my God, like when I'm researching um, podcast hosts, podcasts that I would like to be on. I do. I follow them on social. I comment on their stuff on LinkedIn. I rate their show and I write a review. Of course, I've listened to it. And I really kind of get a bead on who they are and what's motivating to them and what they're trying to accomplish in the world. Mm -hmm. And then when I write a cold email to them, or I actually send a handwritten personal note, to them, I can say, look, here's my shared experience. I mean, especially if it's a woman, that's the way we connect with each other. You say something and I say, oh yeah, I've got the same experience. That's the way women make relationships. Mm. And I'm thinking about it a little differently. Would you be open to a conversation about this, this, and this? I think it might be useful to you and to your listeners. It's a completely different orientation than, hey, I've got this cool book. You know what I mean? Right. Right. So uh, you actually can turn up people's home, or not home, ad- but mailing addresses. And you've done that multiple times. I have. Yeah. That must blow people away. It does, because who gets a handwritten note anymore? Yeah. Yes. Nobody. And so as a, as a strategy, I mean, it almost feels crass to call it a strategy because I know you and it's not really that, but I pride myself on sharing tips and techniques. So if someone were to strategize, do they, how many episodes do they need to listen to, to know how to have that different approach? You know, sometimes you can get there with one because you kind of get them and you get their vibe, but I always try to listen to two or three. Mm-hmm. Because there's always a through line. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, writing a, a English literature essay on what do these three episodes have in common from this same podcast host? Right. Because we can see the themes running through. And so I'll take notes like, mm-hmm. hey, and I listen to podcasts in my car. So, you know, I voice record, hey, it seems like La 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 is really interested in this and in this and in this. These seems seem to be her themes. Fascinating. 
I love that. And then I know with me, we were connected and immediately after our first conversation, at the second we got off the phone, you had connected me to two people you thought could help me or we could help each other. And then I was like, Ooh, I want to connect. Hey, and I connected you to Veronica, his previous podcast guest, Veronica Valley. He's awesome. So, so that's something else too. You kind of look to, you know, what someone at 52 would call a Rolodex or whatever and say, who, who could, how, who could I connect this person to? Well, there really was a strategy to this, Anna, and it is that, you know, I have a book coming out in January. I started this new venture in June or July. I think I had zero followers on social media in June or July. And I kind of did this calculus and I had a wise mentor who also said to me, you are going to actually be able to reach and help more women if you tap into relationships with women who reach the kinds of women that you want to be of service to, then you trying to dance around on TikTok and, you know, and try to attract followers that way. And so what's happened when I meet somebody, I always have done my research and I ask, would you be open to introducing me to this specific person for this reason and that specific person for that reason? And by the way, let me introduce you to my network. So what's happened is it's kind of talking about, you know, not being 25 anymore. Remember that commercial? And they tell two friends and oh, they yeah. tell two friends. <laughs> yeah. For whatever. For? Ella Balsam or some shampoo. Anyway, but that's kind of the way that it's gone for me is, would you introduce me to two of your friends and yeah. let me introduce you to two of my friends? And so my you know, while I might only reach 5,000 people with my own social media through doing podcasts and, and connecting with people and asking for their help after I've given, can you help me with my book launch? Listen, I'm going to reach half a million people, which I could never have built on my own. So genius. Anna here. Now, are you an entrepreneur who wants to write and publish a book about your own failures turned successes? Well, good news, that's what my company, Legacy Launchpad, does. Find out more at LegacyLaunchpadPub.com. That's LegacyLaunchpadPub.com. Now, should you do a book, you ask? I think so. Why? Because you're worth it. Now back to the show. And I, you know, what I think is fascinating is that, you know, when, when, when you told me that basically you were kind of new to doing podcasts, you were like, podcasts, and I was like, I would assume you've done 97. You've just sort of got that personality. But really, it sounds like just within the past nine months, you've been like, okay, I'm going to come out from my corporate or whatever. And now I'm going to be a kind of a public person. I guess people think, oh, I can't do that. It's too late. Uh, What do you have to say to that? Well, I have three things to say to that. Number one, I'm 63. Look at you, Queen. I mean, I started my last business when I was 58. Right. And ended up selling it. So that's number one. Number two, I always want to have a bigger future than my past. I mean, and number three, I have this amazing role model. My mother is 92. 
for her 92nd birthday, we did a six mile hike to this beautiful Alpine Lake together. And now she has a, a physical problem with her legs and she may not be able to hike as much. And she's like, well, I'm going to teach a course for seniors on wildflowers of the Rocky Mountains. I mean, my mom is 92 and she's making up new stuff, you know? Love it. Um, I mean, I'm not ready to shut it down yet. And there's so much to not only experience in life, but oh my gosh, Anna, the things that I know now in my 60s that I didn't know in my 30s or 40s, if I can be useful and helpful, if I can take that experience and help a young woman in her 30s, um, there's nothing more meaningful to me. John and I, my husband and I had dinner with this younger couple a couple nights ago, and we were t- talking about, I, I said, um, oh my gosh, my orienting principle is freedom. And the guy said to me, well, how do you do that and be in a long-term marriage? And I'm like, well, I'm going to tell you a story. Our daughter, our youngest daughter was extraordinarily sick for decades and is now just a little bit healthy. And as a result of being sick, really difficult to be around. And there was, she was so bad at one point. I went to my husband and said, how much can we afford for me to spend on, a, on an apartment every month? Because I have to get out of here. And he goes, honey, you do whatever you need to do to take care of yourself. And I was like, okay, I don't need an apartment. <laughs> you know what I mean? And they were both like, oh my God, we don't need to go to therapy. We just need to hang out with you guys. Right. Right. It's just allowing, knowing, is it, is that what you mean? Like knowing that you, that you could have the freedom kind of. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Um, if he had shit fit about it, I would have been like, screw you. I'm out of here. Right. But my point is just the way that we've managed our relationship was actually helpful to this younger couple, which is not what I was telling the story story in the first place. Right. Right. Um, so did you have hesitations about putting yourself out there and going on podcasts and, you know, at, what, what were your fears and how have you worked through them? It's really been, um, scary. Really? Yeah. I mean, my, when I was a market researcher, my, I mean, I would, my mentor was the CEO of Kraft Foods and nobody knew that I was sober. Nobody knew that I went to, you know, 12 step program and I wasn't out about, I was, I was out where I could be helpful, but I never talked about it professionally at all. And I still care what those people think about me. Right. And so it, it really took me um, coming to the point of what did I value more? Actually being helpful to a woman who's struggling and having the privilege of seeing that little pilot light behind her eyes go on or caring what somebody that used to be a client of mine 15 years ago thought about me. Right. And I, I just felt like that that kind of fear about how I was perceived by somebody else was way less important to me in terms of my purpose uh, in being incarnated in this day and time in this body. I feel like 
it just, when I weighed what was more important to me, I was willing to risk being thought of differently by former clients in order to be able to be helpful to somebody else's life. Right, right. And so you don't look at podcasts and putting yourself out there as you're looking at it as who are you helping? That's how you're kind of getting out of your own way, right? It's exactly right. Mm -hmm. I mean, what else am I doing here if I'm not here to be of service to somebody else and a shining beacon of hope to somebody else? I mean, I have known that that was my personal mission for decades to bring light, hope, and energy to people who are stuck and lost. Mm-hmm. I mean, I adopted a kid that was abandoned in China. I mean, this is like the way I show up in the world. And to dim my own light because of my own fear, I, I don't think I could live with that. Mm-hmm. So in terms of other sort of promotional kind of strategies, I know one thing that you do, those, those boom, boom videos, what is that what it's called? So, so you'll have a call with someone and then, and then tell me about the video you sent. Well, I've actually switched from bomb bomb to, um, to uh, loom. Look, we get so much crap email in our inboxes every day. And if I don't have somebody's mailing address, the way that I try to get personal is by recording a two or three minute, one minute long video Mm. and emailing it to them or texting it to them um, as a way where they can actually see my face and they can see my enthusiasm and my appreciation for what we talked about. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so what have responses been to the personal letters, to the videos, like what's your success rate in terms of, you know, pitching yourself? Um, you know, what's great about Loom is you can tell who's watched, who's watched what. And so you can actually, uh, see who's watched your videos and pretty much, I would say it's about 90% watch. Yeah. The personal letters. I mean, Anna, it blows people away. Yeah. It just, blows people away to get something personal in the mail. And, and so what else, what other ways are you um, using uh, giving first as a way to kind of get your book out there? Well, um, I am sending these adorable um, little packages. I'm sending you one where it's a copy of the book. Yeah. And I write, you know, I, I think about the person and I think, God, I think they'd really like this one paragraph. So I highlight the paragraph and then I take my personal stationery and I write a handwritten note and I actually put it in the book oh. where the paragraph is. That's so sucks. they get it and they can see the handwriting on the personal note. And then I also send them a journal with a little glitter pen because I love glitter pens. And so they get like, they get a whole little love note from me, but I've thought about, I really think that this paragraph would speak to you. My ulterior motive is it gets them to open the book. That is so genius. You know, who um, did a version of this is Tim Ferriss. When he was promoting the four hour work week, went to South by Southwest and knew that the people he was, you know, going to be interacting with were very busy. So he found passages and he said, you don't have to read the whole thing. I think if you just read this, you'll get what I'm saying. And, you know, it was on the New York Times bestseller list for seven years. So these things. Wow. Are- 
I had no idea about that, but I thought this was such a smart idea because how many, I mean, I also have been helping other women in my new network to promote their books and I get a book and it's next to my bed and I haven't cracked the cover. Yeah. But in order to see what's on my handwritten note, they actually have to open the book. That is so genius. So how many of those are you sending out? I'm sending 150 of them out. 50 people to send them to. That's how, that's how what you've been doing. That's what I've been doing. Wow. And is it something where you say every day I'm going to connect with two people or that's exactly what you do? Um, no, it's not. I'm not that. I can't do things that way. I just can't. I wish I could, but I can't. So I have, um, I do different things on different days of the week. I'm completely ADD. And if I'm trying to do 10 things every day, nothing gets done. So I have one day where it's my relationship day. And so I do research on podcast hosts. I outreach to people. I make videos like that's what I do on one day of the week. And then that job is done for the week. And then another day I'll work on, you know, what's my gift bundle going to be, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? But I do one thing and I get it accomplished every day because I that's that's the focus and the discipline that works for this very easily distracted brain. These are gems. I love it. So, so if there's what, what have I failed to ask you either about the book or about, um, giving first or about launching or fears or anything like that? Yeah. The one thing that I want to say, Anna is, um, we all construct these rings of fear that keep us playing in the size that we currently are. And these rings of fear are self-created. And because we have the power to create them, we have the power to create something else. What I've found to walk through that, and there's always a ring of fear. No matter what you're doing, there's a ring of fear. No matter how old you get, there's a ring of fear. Um, Is that I need companions, I need a roadmap, and I need to be persistent. It is not a sexy thing to talk about being vigilant and to talk about being deliberate and disciplined. But the combination of being a creative person that's extraordinarily disciplined, I think there is nothing more powerful in the world. I mean, the Grand Canyon was carved a drip of water at a time, right? Right? And it really is that combination. And it does take discipline. I mean, it's scary to pick up the phone and call somebody you don't know. Um, it, it, it just is what I found and how it links back to not drinking and having a program for women to help them not drink is, you know, I thought that drinking took the edge off of my anxiety. That's the way I manage my ring of fear when I was drinking. Right you know? And what I've found, I mean, first of all, it's mind blowing that drinking actually increases your anxiety. As little as one glass of wine a day actually ratchets up your anxiety. And oh, guess what? If you're feeling anxious, 
you have to pick up the glass of wine and it becomes this insidious habit that you're caught in before you even know you're caught in it. So as an alcohol-free woman, I've had to learn two things. Number one, how do I rid myself of this anxiety in a way that's not drinking, right? So for me, it's, you know, hiking and lifting really heavy weights and, you know, asking for help and meditating and turning on music and a lot of lights and whatever, right? So I have my way to manage my anxiety. But where the key really is, is to be able to embody spiritual principles like service and curiosity, because when I hang on to those, I don't develop the anxiety to start with. Right. And that's the key. So coming full circle, back to service and curiosity that gets me out of um, myself being the center of my universe and it puts you in the center of my universe for a short amount of time and I can then see ways where I can be helpful to you because I'm so fascinated by you Mm -hmm. that if I were only thinking about me and my world I, I would just miss the boat so Let's talk briefly about your program. What is it? How can people join? So um, my program, the best way to join it is to go to juicyaf.life forward slash book. And if you get on that list, you will then um, you'll get like my workbook and a journal and all the rest of that. So that's a really cool way to get started. The course is a four month long program and it. I mean, really, my audience are successful women. They're successful. They're super insecure. And so they overachieve to cover it up. And then they're anxious and they need the glass of wine. Like, this was me 24 years ago. And um, the program is a series of five experiments. Mm -hmm. They're not rules. They're not, you know, there's no dogma. It's, hey, go and have this experience and report back what you learned and what you want to do with it. So it's very invitational. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it, Anna, has to do with kind of the three big things are number one, who's your ideal future self? Number two, what are your old stories? What's your ring of fear? What are your self-limiting beliefs? Number three, what spiritual principles are your antidote to that? Mm-hmm. So it's very straightforward. It's very practical and it's spiritual at the same time. And is it cohort based? You have to join at a certain time. Yeah, it is cohort based right now. I am opening them on a quarterly basis, Mm -hmm. Um, but the first one's actually starting February (laughs) February 1st of 2023. And then every three months after that next year. Well, Kay, thank you so much. Um, If people want to find out more about you, they should go to the Juicy AF site, right? Juicyaf.life. You will find out all my deepest, darkest secrets. They are there for everybody to see. And I will link to that in the show notes. So Kay, thank you so much for doing this. And you guys, thank you for listening. Thank you, Anna. I always love spending time with you. Thanks so much for listening to the show. Now a request from me. If you've ever used any of the tips or techniques you've heard about from the show, please take a few seconds to give the show a rating or review and find out all about how my company, Legacy Launchpad, writes and launches books at www.legacylaunchpadpub.com. 
see you next week.